Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fangs and Folklore with your host, Matthew Miller. We give you pint-sized, bite-sized pieces of supernatural monster lore, exploring their origins, their history, and their meaning to the human condition. Listen on, if you dare. <laughs> farming community, modern-day France. Tiny village. It's evening. Everyone's had their dinner. The fog has set in among the small houses. Some men come in from a hunt. They've killed a wolf. You see, some village children have gone missing recently, so the village rejoices that the men have stopped the menace. It's safe again. Only it's not. A week later, the bodies of more children are found ravaged, mangled, torn apart just inside the forest. The wails of the village women are matched by the vows of vengeance by the village men. Tonight, they promise, we will find the real culprit. Somewhere in the distance, a wolf's howl fills the night. I'm your host, Matthew Miller, expert on all things monster and paranormal. I'm a horror writer from the dark and haunted swamps of Louisiana, and it's my pleasure to welcome you into my terrifying world. Please check out my books on Amazon, beginning with Blood Feud, a punk rock vampire story. That's Blood Feud, a punk rock vampire story by Matthew Miller. That's volume one of the Gravedigger series. The Gravediggers are a punk rock band who keep crossing paths with all sorts of dark, evil, nasty creatures. It's horror and comedy. It's all wrapped up in one super entertaining series. So please check that out. It's available for free if you have Kindle Unlimited and it's cheap on Kindle or in paperback. All right, so let's go. Last time we looked at a few uh, ancient uh, references to werewolves, right? And um, we looked at the ancient Gilgamesh epic from ancient Mesopotamia. That's the wolf man there. Then uh, the account of St. Patrick in pre-Christian Ireland. He cursed the village of non-believers, turned them into wolves. Then Vseslav, the guy from the Holy Roman Empire. His friend Pete in a cemetery got him cursed turn him into a wolf. Now, let's dive into the Middle Ages. I'm focusing on Europe for now because most of my listeners are more familiar with Western culture history. But fear not, I'll look at werewolf stories from around the world in a later episode. Don't stop listening. All right, let's start with the most interesting case of Peter Stuba in what would we call German uh, Germany today. Peter Stuba, also sometimes his last name is Stump or Stumpf. Uh, depends on the spelling. You know, there was not a standardized spelling back then. He's called the Werewolf of Bedborg. Actually, this is a pamphlet, a translation from a German original. The pamphlet itself circulated in London in 1590. According to the pamphlet, Stuba, uh, from his youth, this is quote, from his youth was greatly inclined to kill, end quote. So supposedly this guy made a deal with the devil. 
And I'm going to read this quote about him in the way it might have been pronounced in the English of the 16th century. Uh, he requested from the devil to work his malice on men, women, and children in the shape of some beast, whereby he might live without the dread or danger of life, unknown to be the executor of any bloody enterprise which he meant to commit, close quote. The devil gave him a belt, right, a belt, open quote, which being put about him, he was straight transformed into the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like into brandes of fire, a mouth great and wider with most sharper and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty powers. And no sooner should he put on the same girdle, but presently he should appear in his former shape, according to the proportion of a man, as if he had never been changed. Close quote. You forgive my goofy accent there. Uh, but yeah, so it describes him as obviously a werewolf. Uh, the pamphlet says basically that he was a killer. He murdered people randomly, sometimes ate them, over a period of 25 years. By the way, he's also accused of incest with his daughter, yuck, as well as killing and eating his own son. Hmm, well, it's not a very good father, is it? When he was captured, supposedly he told the inquisitors about his deal with the devil, basically admitted it. Uh, told him about the magic belt, confessed to murder, incest, cannibalism, because after all, he was a man-wolf. He was killed on October 31st, 1589 in Bedburg, Germany. And if you're not familiar with the torture and death methods, execution methods of those times, they're pretty gruesome. He was uh, broken on the wheel, which means he's tied up to an actual wheel, like a wagon wheel. And while he's on it, you know, he's beaten, bones broken, flesh is torn from his body with red-hot pinchers and his arms and legs, you know, all his bones are broken, and then finally they cut off his head, and just to add insult to injury, burned up his body. <laughs> his girlfriend <laughs> at the time, uh, as well as his daughter, uh, who were both accused of incest, now it's not really fair for the daughter to be accused because she was the one who was abused, but you know back in that time, women basically had no rights. They were also tortured and burned alive, my God. Would you rather be broken on the wheel or burned alive? I don't know which one I'd prefer if I had to choose. And then after the executions, they took a real wolf, uh, cut off its head, put on Peter Stuba's head onto the wolf's body, and put it up in the middle of town as a warning. Wow. Some brutal people, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the next case, Jacques Roulet. Now, there's a lot of these cases in what we would call today France. Remember back in, in the 1500s, there uh, you know, not not so much the idea of a nation, just these uh, provinces or kingdoms, little kingdoms, everyone is different. But uh, what we would call modern France, 1589, Monsieur Jacques Roulet, he was known as the werewolf of Angers, or the werewolf, werewolf of Caude, two French towns. Um, now we're told about this by a man named uh, Sabina Baringould from 1865. Okay, so it's a story, it's a recounting of a story. So in 1598, the villagers uh, in this area find a teenage boy, his body just torn to bits. So, uh, wolves are spotted nearby, so it doesn't take a genius to figure out maybe the wolves ate him. Well, not far away, Jacques Roulet was found half naked with wounds all over his body. You know, you've seen the movies, right? The werewolf wakes up the next day naked, doesn't know where he was. Well, this guy did know where he was. He was arrested. He confessed to the murder. 
and he revealed that he was given a salve, a black salve, by the devil. And when he rubbed it on himself, he would transform into a wolf. He said, that boy, yeah, I killed him, but he wasn't even my first. I've killed and eaten a lot of them. Um, there's no evidence of him being tortured. Not everyone was tortured necessarily in trials. The evidence is he confessed. He openly said, yeah, I'm a werewolf. Um, and he was sentenced to death for murder and lycanthropy. Yes, that was a charge, I suppose, meaning man-wolf, and cannibalism. But he appealed it, and he was judged as mentally ill, or in the words of those times, feeble-minded, and instead committed to an insane asylum and kind of a religious re-education camp for two years. Well, that's a light sentence for a serial killer, huh? But apparently, you know, <laughs> for trying to, trying to assess whether he was actually a werewolf, apparently he was just very mentally ill. Wow. Okay. Next, we have Gilles Garnier, also in modern-day France. This is 1572, around then, in the town of Dole, France. Several children went missing and, just like the previous case, were later found in the woods all torn apart. Uh, that that the autumn, uh, the townspeople decided they're going to find the wolf who did this. Now, in November, a hunting group, uh, they see an animal attack a child, but someone said, hey, wait a minute, that wolf looks a lot like uh, this local kind of town, her well, local hermit, not in the town, but out of the town, Gilles Garnier. Boy, he really looks like that guy. A week later, another child, you know, goes missing. So they arrest Garnier and his wife. In fact, there were eyewitnesses against him, 50 of them, saying that he was a werewolf. He was put on the rack, if you're not familiar with the rack. It's the one where you're lying down, your arms above you, they're strapped to the top, legs, ankles strapped to the bottom. They turn a little crank and you start to elongate and lengthen. And if you don't confess, eventually your arms come off and your legs come off and then your entire body pulls apart. Horrible. So as you might imagine being on the rack, he confessed to being a werewolf, to killing and eating children, saying he and his wife shared the meat. Boy, nice of him to implicate his wife too, huh? Thanks a lot. So in January of 1573, Garnier is burned at the stake. Ouch. And, um, you know, maybe he was a serial killer. Maybe he was a cannibal. Who knows? You know, maybe he really did kill and eat children. Um, maybe he was mentally ill and said he was a werewolf. Or maybe he said he was a werewolf to try to get a lighter sentence, right? I, I can't help it. You know, I turn into a wolf. You know, a wolf's got to eat. <laughs> By the way, in defense of wolves, I want to say this. Wolves are very much like, uh, you know, our pet dogs. Of course, our dogs come from wolves. Wolves do not just randomly attack and eat human beings, by the way. Um, they, if they're super hungry, they'll, of course, attack anything they can get, like every animal will, like humans will, right? Uh, but they don't go after humans. They're generally uh, very shy and standoffish. Yes, they go around in packs, but humans are not in a whole lot of danger from wolves, generally speaking. They're not like the monsters that movies make them out to be. Now, if they're hungry and you're out in the woods alone, okay. But like most animals, they don't like to attack things bigger than they are. So we're generally pretty safe. So I had to say that because I love dogs, I love animals. And wolves get a bad rap because of the werewolf, right? Okay, this next case, I remember studying this case in grad school. Uh, two men, Pierre Bourgault and Michel Verdun, in 1521. And in the area of Poligny in France, 
someone was attacked by a wolf. It was a traveler, someone passing through. Apparently, he fought back and, and injured the wolf. The wolf ran away. He, f he followed it to the house of Michel Verdun and found the man dripping blood. Well, <laughs> he goes to the local police, as they were at that time, and poor Michel Verdun is arrested. And he confessed to being a werewolf. To be fair, uh, a little bit of torture was involved there. But he also said his friend Pierre Bourgot and another man, uh, Philibert Monteau, were also werewolves. Bourgot, in turn, he confessed without torture. So Bourgot admitted to it. And he said that, yes, I met, I came across in the woods three men dressed in black. And they said they would make sure his sheep, he was a shepherd, would be protected if you'll make this deal with us. And the deal involved him basically renouncing God and Christ, uh, renouncing his baptism. And he was able to turn to a wolf. He later, according to Michel Verdun, gave Michel an ointment that he rubbed on himself. Notice again that ointment, that salve. Turned him into a wolf, and together they killed and ate children. As far as Philibert Monteau, not too much is known about him, whether he confessed or not, but all three were executed. <laughs> uh, and if I'm not mistaken, these were hanged to death. I could be mistaken there. They might have been burned. But I remember reading about this case in detail. It's just been a while. We have next the Wolf of Ansbach. Ansbach was a province in Germany, um, part of the Holy Roman Empire at that time. And there was a wolf that was killing livestock, supposedly. And then, uh, when it ran out of livestock, started eating people. All right, so the citizens, you know, medieval people, well, this is early modern age, but, you know, people in the 1600s were very rational and logical, right? Yes, I'm kidding. They said, oh, it must be a werewolf. And we know exactly who it is. There was a, a former mayor of their town who they hated. Apparently, he was a terrible mayor. And he had died, but they said, yes, he's returning from the dead and turning into a wolf and eating our people, okay? Zombie, werewolf, vampire, all three in one, huh? A hunting party. They take dogs into the, to the woods. They drove the wolf. Uh, they found the wolf that had been eating, you know, eating the people, and they thought it was the mayor's reincarnated wolf body, whatever. They, they chase it into a well, and it falls down. It is dead. So they take the wolf and they cut off its nose, dressed it in clothing, like human clothing, put on the mask of a man to make it look like a man, and hung the body from a pole. And it says that the, uh, apparently the, that, that wolf's body was put in a museum somewhere. I don't know if it still exists, but wouldn't that be cool to see that? I want to know now. Someone look that up for me. Can you go see the wolf of Ansbach, the body in a museum somewhere in Germany? All right, um, last case today I'm going to talk about is Hans, the werewolf witch. In Estonia in the 17th century, so 1650, around there, there was a, a rash of, uh, of witchcraft, uh, fright, you know, witch scare and werewolf scare. A lot of stupid witch trials where people were convicted of these things. Well, one was a guy named Hans. He was only 18 years old, accused of being a werewolf and a witch. He said, no, I did not make a pact with the devil, but yes, I'm a werewolf. Been doing this for two years, my werewolf career. And uh, he became a wolf after this man in black, another mysterious man in black, bit him. The man himself being a lycanthropy or lycanthrope. So the court decided that Hans was a Satanist as well as a werewolf and a witch. 
And, you know, you can imagine what happened then. He was put to death and almost certainly burned alive. Whew, kind of glad I wasn't born in the 1600s or 1500s or before then. Life was brutal, huh? Man. Okay, so we're out of time for today, but fear not. Our next episode will continue the werewolf tradition. As for tonight, if you're just drifting off to sleep and maybe you hear a howl in the distance outside, maybe something closer sniffing and scratching around your door, just ignore it. Try to go back to sleep. Until next time, sleep well if you can. Oh!